Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Bob came up to me and said he's had so many people come up to him and ask him about the glasses and stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. Laugh. Okay. Oh my Good. god, that was so fake. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Where what? are these pictures? What pictures? Instagram. Follow her on Instagram. I don't go to bowling ball places. Bowling not ball. a bowler. Bowling alleys. Do you not bowl, Jason? Never mind. You'd probably hurt yourself. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Casey, are we waiting on you to start this? Or I'm, are we waiting on? I'm ready. Hit play, Jason. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear. I'm Casey Boat, and on today's show, we'll get the lid on from Texas, among many other topics. The 2020 schedule shakeup, another controversial qualifying session, and Bristol expectations are just some of the topics we'll cover. Let's get started. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. Hey everybody, I am TJ Majors and joining me as normal is Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, Clint Boyer only. I have retired for the year from the truck series. My next Xfinity race is Richmond. And I'm telling you right now, TJ's been on this kick for a few uh, few races last year, man. That cup only thing's awesome. It's pretty nice. Hey, how don't do you, forget. How do you spend your don't Saturday forget, now? I took a two and a half hour nap. <laughs> then I went for a run. I had a stomach virus at the end of last week. I feel like you're always sick. Is I this am. My immune system now? sucks. I can thank my mother for that. She has no well, immune system. I have no immune system. Yeah, man. No, not doing that truck is going to be going to be good. I'm kind of glad I did the truck race on Friday because it was similar to the cup race. Yeah. It was pretty similar to the cup race. But, uh, hey, don't forget. Our- was it cold Friday night? Because it was super cold Saturday morning. I feel like it was colder Saturday Yeah, than it was Friday night. Friday night, I didn't notice the briskness of it. Saturday, the wind was blowing like 40 miles an hour. Yeah, Saturday was was pretty cold. How about you, Casey? You don't you look a little wind blown today. Casey Boat. <laughs> Casey Boat. Bob Packrass. <laughs> Jeff Gluck in the house. That's what's up. I'll never be able to forget that. Uh, no, probably. So not. sorry, Bob, again for the millionth time. Hooked on Phonics works for me. Casey Boat. Remember Boat. that commercial? Casey yes. Boat. <laughs> Casey Boat. Boomer. Uh, Door Boomer. <laughs> I said everything right in this intro, okay? What? Casey, that's funny. You got to admit it. It's Casey hilarious. Boat. I don't think that's hilarious. You to can be buy honest. me a Boat. 
You can buy me a truck to pull it. You know what? To be completely honest, I still can't say my name right. Like, I, when I say it's my boat. name, I walked boat. into the wrong conference room the other day because I can't remember my last name. Like, I said Casey Hames the other I don't. I just can't get it right. It's yeah. been two months now. Yeah. You're still Casey Hames in my phone. Yeah, I haven't changed you. I don't tell I re- Chad. Don't tell oh, Chad. Hey, Chad, none of us have changed Casey's name Did yet. you drop your middle name, I'm guessing? Uh, No, I didn't, actually. So you have four names. What? You have four names now? No, it's Casey Lee Boat. So you dropped Hames. Yeah, I did. You dropped your maiden name? Oh, my gosh. That's embarrassing. Who does that? This This is always, like, I swear, every time I bring it up, I almost feel sad now that I don't have You've got to redo that. Why? Because Uh, who drops there? You've been been Hames your whole life. That's going to be a fight. How can you not? I would. would, who? If my daughter. No, Chad wanted, like, only Boat. That's what he if likes. That's what I'm saying. If you go okay, back, well, and I hope, he, exactly, has, I hope yeah. he has a daughter, and I hope his daughter drops his name when she gets married, because oh, that's cruel. You're gonna make me feel if bad Jovi now. dropped the name Griffin or Keely dropped the, dropped the name Griffin, I would beat the <laughs> out of whoever they're marrying, <laughs> because that. <laughs> God, you're, you got me fuming over here right now. Why? You dropped the name you've had your whole life. But we got What's the big deal? That's the tradition. TJ, what are you going to do if, if your daughters drop majors off their name? Well, when you I get mean, married, get that's married, what happens. Hopefully they only get married yeah, one time. they become majors whatever. Not uh, necessarily. Yeah. I, I mean, me and my wife never discussed if her keeping her name. Like, that's because she just automatically change it? That's because you keep it. What about your wife? <laughs> you keep the name. Did she? Yes. If I gave my daughters the last name Griffin, they're not going to just abandon me. So your wife going kept to marry her some last random name? dude. So your wife kept her last name too. Yes. Yes. Huh. Okay. Well, if you go to the social security office one time, you will realize you never want to come back ever again. Well, you need that to place is miserable. Put it back on Facebook or something. <laughs> Fix it. All you women out there listening that are defending Casey, y'all are all wrong. I just want y'all to know that. I'm sorry. Now every I feel female bad. listener, I feel like I have to call my dad after this. You should like, apologize. So I don't Let's feel call like on the show. I feel like you did the traditional thing. I did anyway, but I get I'm it. I'm not calling my dad on the show. <laughs> I will start crying. I you see both sides. Your... I see both sides, but I mean, it, I would let my daughter probably pick. Junior's on that podcast. note, <laughs> April Fools, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> About your name, you really kept no. it. No, <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> You're horrible. <sighs> oh, Good Lord. Chad woke me up this morning and said, Casey, I know how gullible you are. Remember, it is April Fool's today. Literally woke me up and said, please, just remember this. You ever think she was like, my name's Casey Hey, Ims? <laughs> nope, because I know my last name. <laughs> yeah, no bobs. <laughs> Rest in peace, Haynes name. Oh, my Bob. goodness. What a shame. Anyway, you're making me feel horrible right now. All right, anything we want to BS about besides giving me crap today? Man, I don't know what's going on around here. Yeah, I mean, is anything good? Did you leave Friday morning? I did, man. I flew out yeah, at nine o'clock on Friday morning. It was awesome. Yeah, it was kind of weird. But did you fly out Friday morning too? We did. Yeah, my whole team left on Thursday, but like I said, I was having stomach issues. We left. Our team left Friday morning. Yeah, that's awesome. So that extra night at home week? is a big deal. Uh, Thursday. Hmm. Not too Yeah, you don't have to, though. Yeah, I got uh, something to do in Asheville on the way up. Oh. I wish yeah. it was Nashville and not Asheville. <laughs> what are you doing in Asheville? But Asheville is you gonna, good, too. You going to elaborate on this? Yeah, I'm going to go and uh, <laughs> what goes on in Asheville? They got a, that uh, Biltmore thing. I'm going to walk so around nice. that mansion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, It's almost as big as Denny Hamlin's house. Not quite. It is not quite as big as Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Denny's house, it TJ? Yeah, I happen to. Uh, be on the lake one day, and 
and went by this massive two lot, um, three lot, three lot. What? Yeah, whatever. His it basketball is. court is two lots in itself. Yeah, I think his basketball court is bigger than my whole house. Like it is easily. hands down it bigger than my house. Definitely yeah, bigger than mine. It's ridiculous. He so. has a trampoline room in his house. I don't even have a trampoline. <laughs> He's I got know. a trampoline room. Like that's what's up. Well, that's wow. living large. Dream big. Thirty-four thousand square feet. He has a helicopter pad in the back too. Yeah, he has a helicopter pad on his boat dock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good thing he's winning races, man. Well, aren't they going to pay you more now since spotting is more important? He's living large, man. Spotter, if y'all really knew what spotters made, y'all would be embarrassed for us. Tell us. No, I'm not telling. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I. The this Cup Series pays well. It doesn't pay dumb money, but it pays well. If y'all knew what we made in these lower series, y'all would feel bad for us. I mean, if you go across the board, though, if you knew. Oh, here we go. No, I'm saying if you knew what the how it went from the drivers all the way down to the crew. Right. <laughs> it's, yes. It's a big number. We got this guy making $8 million, and then we got this guy making 10000 I want Oh, you made yeah. ten thousand last year to spot a truck. For, That's yeah. awesome. Okay, for a race win, like if a driver wins, is how like our earnings do they vary by track? Like like Daytona earnings probably vary by is track. Yep. Different because it's super. Daytona stupid. pays more. Oh, for the drivers? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The purse Indy. the purse matters big time. Yeah. Indy, Daytona. The three largest purses used to be Daytona, Indy, Texas. Yep. Uh, and does NASCAR Indy, decide that? Indy had PPG that was giving a ton of money to the track. Yeah, Therefore, their purse was like a million bucks back then. Mm -hmm. When PPG pulled out of the track, that purse went down rapidly. Like it went from you win eight or nine hundred thousand dollars to you win three or four hundred thousand dollars. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny, man, because I look back at purses on ten years ago when I was doing Elliot's financial stuff, and the LPGA. Did you hear what I just said? The LPGA, the mm -hmm. Ladies Professional Golf Association, paid more money to win their golf matches than our Cup races paid to win, on average. Now, obviously, the Daytona Five Hundred paid a big bank, uh, but our other races. The women's golf tour paid more money to their winning golfer than we paid to our winning racer. I don't know what the deal is now because all our numbers are kept super secret. They're on lockdown. But it's all based on like RTA. sponsorship and the track, right? Yeah, it's all it's all track based. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and somewhat TV based a little bit, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're just dropping knowledge on you people. Yeah. I don't know what it is now because RTA has all those numbers locked up. But interesting. We well, shall see. All right, shall we? Uh, Kick it off with spot on, spot off. Let's kick it. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot on, spot off. Spot off on the question. Spot off that. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. We have a special 2020 schedule spot on, spot off. Thanks, Jason. It deserves it. First one Phoenix replaces Homestead as season finale track. And Homestead moves to March. Spot on, spot off. Brett, since I know you have got lots to say about this. Oh, wow. So th this is a two-part question. Spot on for Phoenix replacing Homestead. I'm a big fan of us moving the finale around every single year. I mean, when you look at the Super Bowl, you know, it moves every year. When you look at uh, all the big, 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 big games, it moves every year. So, And I really feel like that Homestead gives an advantage to guys – 
like Martin Truex, like Kyle Busch. Those guys that like to run up against the wall. So big fan of that. Homestead moving to March. Man, I wish we'd have ran Homestead right after Daytona. I really do. I wish we would have went uh, Daytona to Homestead and then went out west because I think it would have gave us a good opportunity to hit all the warm spots, push Atlanta back, you know, even another week. And uh, But, man, Homestead's a great track, so uh, glad it stayed on the schedule. I'm spot off for the Homestead finale. <laughs> uh, I think Homestead is a great place to end the race. I know you can – who, how'd Certain, you do at Homestead last year? <laughs> going in as the underdog, pretty good. But Homestead has not had a repeat winner since 2006. So, and, you know, there's there's so many different things you can do there. If you get your car really good on the bottom, you can run the bottom. Um, the race wasn't won against the wall this year again. Uh, I, I think it's a great racetrack that really gives everybody a chance to different so, lanes. So you want to finish this, the, the season every year at the same spot? I'm not saying... I think Phoenix goes the complete opposite way. You've had repeat winners at Phoenix. You've had two guys win at Phoenix almost every race we go there. So, and that that's something that doesn't happen at Homestead. Where do you want to end, if not Homestead? Ah, man, it'd be it'd be hard for me to. I don't know. I mean, you can't. I don't you feel can't, like you can't. You can't argue against moving it and then not say where you want to move it to. You know, I don't. I don't want to move it. I want to keep it at Homestead. That's what I just asked you, and you said you were all right with moving it. You don't want to move to I Phoenix. Mean, I, I know there's other racetracks that I think are good. Maybe, um, you know, in old Michigan before the repave, <laughs> something like that. Uh, Homestead's really a good racetrack for that. So you um, want to go to Michigan in, in November? No, I don't want to run Michigan until if you could put the old, <laughs> if you could put the old asphalt back on it, I'd go there. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a good racetrack to me. There's and like I said, we don't have somebody that normally goes there and dominates. And it's a big running the wall is a big risk. It's a huge risk, and if somebody. I look at Tyler Reddick's victory last year and that in the Xfinity car, and that was a big win for him to be able to run up against the wall like that against like guys like Chris Rebell was probably the favorite because he's supposed to be the the best at doing that. And you have a guy like that Chris Rebell go in there and do that, and or, um, Reddick go in there and win that race. It just it just has a lot of different options to run there, you know, as far as line wise, and um, I think it's a great place to end the year. Casey, where do you think is the best place that we go? from an infrastructure and support standpoint like what what town slash track do you think that we go to where you we feel like this big sense of fun and togetherness and support yeah um i would probably you know homestead has been great from a sponsor standpoint they've been very supportive i think that was tough that it's a huge market for a lot of sponsors. I know Xfinity specifically. It's a huge market for Xfinity. But it, it'll be different. I think it's going to be dependent. You know, we lost Ford. They lost Ford. So that's why we're one of the reasons why we're moving. Well, I hope somebody finds Ford. They're kind of a big deal. <laughs> Meaning mm. <laughs> their sponsorship. Um, <laughs> We've lost Ford. <laughs> I think uh, Phoenix has been good. Um, definitely from a sponsor standpoint. They're... They're very supportive. ISC, huge sponsor. Like, I look at Phoenix, man, and uh, we all stay near the Westgate area. Yeah. And and I think that logistically, Homestead is a long ways from anywhere. 
You know yep. what I mean? It's a good hour from, from South Beach. It's a good 45 minutes from Miami. And I'm talking with normal traffic, right? I'm yeah. not talking at 6 o'clock in it the was, morning. It's tough um, because it's in the middle of nowhere. When I, look at, when I look at a Phoenix, man, I, I really feel like we can take a lot to the people. Because I, I look at that big arena right there in Glendale where the hockey teams play. I feel like there's a lot that NASCAR can do in that little area. Yeah. Um, to, to really take drivers to the marketplace. I mean, when I look at Vegas, That's I think good. the same thing. Man. I was about to say, I think Vegas would be second, you know, from a sponsor standpoint. The, the track is great. Yeah. Like, and I've looked at some of their demographics, and they have people not just to live in Vegas, but people that come from all over that area yeah. to go to this track specifically. And it's Vegas also because be it's too. the yeah. strip, you know? So Here's my question, man. Like, when you look at this move, right, Homestead to Phoenix, you went from ISC mm-hmm. to, ISC. to ISC, right? So Steve Phelps is going to be on the Dell Jr. download later. I wish they'd let me be I a guest. I don't think they'll leave a note for him on the table. I wish they'd let me be a guest on there. But here's my question is, would they ever relinquish that championship no. date to an SMI property? Would you? Or to an independent? Would Would you? If, if it's, you best, for that, my, if, if if you it's were... best for my sport, absolutely. But I don't really think it's making too much of a difference. You know, ISC still has great tracks. So if it was – Point, the point where like SMI one track these tracks were way better than ISC tracks and yeah I, I'd imagine NASCAR would consider it but they have like Phoenix is a great track like it'll be it'll be cool to see the finale there and see what they do to promote it um, it's also on the West Coast so completely different fan base market standpoint I, I'm I'm for it but as far as a racing product yeah. on the track. You're not going to have it's it, not as exciting as it's Homestead. not going to be as exciting as Homestead Homestead no. on a restart at Homestead. You don't know what's going to happen when you get to one uh, at Phoenix. You, I mean, one's a little, it's a little bit different. You kind of, you're not going to have quite the, you're just not going to have quite the racing product on the key track. to success here is keep moving it. Yep. Don't let it get stale. I was just about to say it was super cares. stale. Yeah. Keep moving it. It'll be cool. Uh, second Daytona race moves to regular season finale in late August. Spot on, spot off, TJ. I am spot on for this. This is going to be a pressure packed weekend for a lot of people and this could propel somebody into the chase and playoffs. really yeah into the playoffs <laughs> and uh really kickstart their their playoffs and get them going so uh and that's a that's a race that that's anybody can win so I, i'm spot on for it it's going to be pressure packed so i think also it. the cool thing to note here is again from a marketing standpoint mm-hmm. August, people are, like families are still on vac- going on vacation for the summer, maybe towards the end of or beginning or end of August. So there could be more fans there. It'll still be hot, um, but we might get more. So are you spot on or spot off? Oh, I mean, man. since you're I, chirping, I'm on board. I'm. Spot I'm, I'm going to miss seeing fireworks from the roof, man. I'm. will uh, probably still do fireworks. I'm big time spot on for this move, man. I think that that Daytona is obviously a wild card. What a what a great way to end the 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 regular season i'm spot off for us ever changing the name from chase to playoff though we had our own branding thing going we had our own postseason name and now we're just like every other stick and ball sport so uh indianapolis now on july 4th weekend brett man i am 1000 percent. this is the only screw up they made on this schedule um and I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw out a crazy idea. I'm spot off for for going to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Brickyard, for any reason every single year. All we've heard from fans is they want short tracks, they want short tracks, and all we hear from NASCAR is we already had track contracts in place. Well, let me offer you an idea. Your track's gonna make its money off the TV money. 
your track's going to make its money off selling tickets. Indy doesn't sell a lot of tickets. Why don't you go across the street to ORP, IRP, Lucas Raceway Park, whatever the hell it's named these days, take Brickyard, slam off the 2020 schedule, give them their money, say, hey, here's your buyout, here's your TV money, we're giving you everything that we would possibly owe you. I bet the other track would do this race for ticket sales only, and they would sell this place, slam out. This was an opportunity for NASCAR to say, Despite the fact that we have a big, big track contracted for for our you know sanctioning body to come race there, we're abandoning that. We're listening to the fans. We're listening to the drivers. We're listening to competitors. We're going short track racing. I'm not. I don't. I don't like us at Indy. I just don't. Yeah, it's kind of just it's lost its touch a little bit there. And IRP, whatever you want to call it over there, is a great race. We wouldn't. We would have a problem. Um, we would have to do something with pit stops or something like that. But I would love to find a way to um, to, to race over there again. The, the Xfinity race has been great there. The truck race was great there. You could run Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You could almost do Thursday night show like the trucks used to do, Friday night Xfinity cars, Saturday night truck or a cup race there somehow. And it, I, I'm telling you, like you said, they would be standing room only. I would 100% would have my truck series at that short track during Indy 500 week. I'd be like, watch this, and, and we'd sell that place out. I mean, it's, Selfishly, just, yeah. I it's the know, best racetrack going. I want to know what they're going to do with the USAC race that they do in Indy now. Is that going to be July 4th? Because that's usually right with the Wednesday, Thursday leading up to Indy. Yeah. I don't think many of us know about USAC cars. People that are fussing about how hot <laughs> it's going to be in Indy have never been to Indy yeah, in August. Because let me tell you, gosh. it's July. I've been to we the went. Indy 500 in May, and I was dying. Not um, to mention on a Pagoda, where yeah. the the register for the heat vent or whatever it is, is right up there, and it blows that hot People air. People don't realize that. The return from the air conditioner is right beside of us. Yeah. And, I mean, you're literally breathing these air conditioning fumes. Yeah, it's hot air. I always leave there with a sinus infection, ironically. It's like misty hot air, too. Yeah, it's weird, man. Um, What is this word here, Jason? Martinsville. Penultimate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You never heard that word before? Penultimate. I mean, I have. It's just funny seeing it written. Um, Martinsville gets night race in May, and the fall race is now the <laughs> penultimate event of the season. Spot on. Spot what is off. the definition of penultimate? Second to last. Oh, interesting. Wow, you are going to school. You're Jason? really good at Google. I'm, just, I'm Jason. No, I'm showing that. I'm. Congratulations. Took a spell. Let me class. Google a new word for second to last. Oh, look at this p word that uh. just popped up. Everybody loves p words. Let's use this word. <laughs> what do you guys think? TJ, what do you think? Uh, spot on. More pressure. More pressure. Good race. I mean, they already got lights. So Use why them. wouldn't we run Martinsville on yeah. a night race? I do hope it's a Saturday night. Is it a Saturday night yes, or Sunday correct. night? Saturday night. It's Even a Saturday better. night. Home run. Another spot on. Whoever made the schedule, man, they really had their thinking cap on. Congratulations. Wow. Okay. Uh, Pocono doubleheader in June. Brett. The best valued weekend of the year. If you're a fan and you have to pack up your family to go to a race, there isn't a better value for a NASCAR fan or track than you're ever going to get. You get a two-for-one weekend. You get to go in on Thursday. You get to watch whatever we do on Friday, which is going to be fun because it's going to be different. Then, obviously, you get to watch a race on Saturday, get to watch a race on Sunday. I'm guessing there's going to be Xfinity races. There's going to be truck races. There's going to be all these things going on. If you're a fan and you live within 700 miles of this place, I would literally leave Charlotte with my family, drive up to Pocono. It's a seven, eight-hour drive, and I would do this weekend because it's going to be fun. It's going to be unique. 
and you're getting two for one. Only thing you got to buy extra is a ticket. I mean, a hundred dollar ticket, whatever. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a. I'm spot on for the double header. I don't know what the race lengths are going to be yet or how that's going to play out, but still, um, a lot of racing in one weekend. It kind of reminds me of a of a Loudon or something like that when you've got like four or five races a weekend there. So hopefully they fill it up. Uh, I, I mean, there's isn't there like they're trying to work it out so another series could come there with us as well. So that might be something interesting. A lot of racing for your for your buck there. So so, so Pocono was a 500 mile race. Now it's a 400 mile race. How many miles would you make those this double headers? What would you do? Um, if you're doubling up, I would probably do 300 a piece or something like that. Yeah, I would do a 300 mile on Saturday, and I would do a 400 mile on Sunday. Do you think they'd ever do it where where you finish? It's not a long is, race. No, it's not an overly long race. Would they ever do it where you finish on Saturday? Will impact? Where I wish they start? would, and I wish they'd invert it. Like I literally wish they'd say, "Okay, congratulations, Timmy uh, Hill <laughs> is on the pole yeah. for Sunday." I'm okay with like a random draw, like. Have have the race winner walk up to a after you know in victory lane walk up to a box and draw a number, yeah. And that's where you know it might be one, might be zero, might be twenty. So I don't know, something like that would be interesting. Spot on, spot off, Darlington to open playoffs. Uh, TJ, uh, I'm spot on for that. I like going there. It's a great racetrack. It's a it's a long, grueling race, so I feel like if you can go there and put together a good race and earn your way into the playoffs, then you've earned it. So um, I think Darlington deserves a deserves a race like this, and you know Darlington deserves two races, in my opinion. So, yeah, spot on. Here's the crazy thing. When we started the chase, and it was called the chase then, Casey, we started it in New Hampshire, and we did that because we thought we were close enough to Boston that the Boston market was relevant. And then we decided we were going to move it to Chicagoland because, once again, another major media market for the playoff to begin. Chicagoland, Chicago, Boston. Guess what? Darlington, South Carolina is in the middle of nowhere, but it's a great racetrack. So we've abandoned our major market way of thinking and actually put the fans' interest at hand here. This is an awesome move. Kerry Tharp and his guys at Darlington do a great job. I only have one issue with this. This doesn't – it's kind of confusing now because you got a Southern 500 winner, which is a big, you know, legacy deal in our sport. We all do that throwback weekend, and now it's the first weekend of the playoff. If I'm a sponsor and I'm rolling out my deal my first weekend of the playoff, I don't want to come do that with a throwback paint scheme. There's a lot of messages going on, and I'm a marketing guy. You can get confusing with stuff. So that's my only worry about Mar- about Darlington is there's a whole lot going on. But you picked our Fenway Park to go start this playoff. Yeah, I can see where the the, the marketing side of it with you don't want to really run a throwback scheme there, but could also be a cool way to open the playoffs as well. Bristol Night Race moves to September as round of sixteen elimination race. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Once again, I got it right. I mean, you're you're making racetracks, short tracks, be a big deal with this new new schedule alignment. So, man, big, big, big spot on here. I mean, tippers are gonna flare. Whoever did this, I'm telling you, they had their thinking cap you on. You are in a level. great mood today. They had they had their head on Whoever straight. Whoever needs something to bread, just ask him today. I just is- wish somebody would stand up when we have all these things go down. Like, hi, my name's Brett Griffin. I'm gonna put this big wing on the back of our race car. And then everybody's like, oh, this is a bad idea. Hi, my name is Brett Griffin. I just redid the schedule. Like, I want whoever actually did this. And everybody's going to say, well, it took team effort. No, it didn't. 
there's always one chief and a bunch of Indians. Whoever the chief of the schedule is, he's the guy. He's the, I, I like this guy. Wow, that's a first. <laughs> uh, another good, another good move here. Another, you know, high. There's a lot that's going to be on the line in this race for a, for a handful of guys. So it's going to be pressure packed again. So they did a really good job making these making these cutoffs really uh, at pressure point. Like these are tracks that it's going <laughs> to. Daytona, Bristol, those are Martinsville. Those are tracks where any, the ro- anything can happen. So um, genius. You know, there's no, <clears throat> you're not going to go into these races and feel really comfortable unless you already have a win and are in the next round. You're not going to go into any of these races and be like, man, I can just kind of ride around. I this got a one. big cushion. I'm good. Yeah. And that happened last year, which was ridiculous in my opinion. But, um, you know, but these are good moves. Two-week August break for NBC coverage of the Olympics. Give us some passion, Casey. Come on. What? Yeah. Sleep. Two-week August break for NBC coverage of the Olympics. Is that better? Yes. Get you an energy drink or something. (laughs) Who's going? Me or TJ? Ooh, TJ. Spot on. It's going to be weird having (laughs) having two weeks in a row to actually, um, you know, it's actually going to be nice. For once to be able to plan a vacation and not have to rush and know you're going to have to get your stuff ready for the next week as you're going again. Um, I think it's good for the teams, too. You know, we get a weekend off in the summer, but it's, you know, it's still, it happens so fast, it's almost like you don't even get it sometimes. So I'm, I'm glad for the, I'm glad for the road crew guys to actually maybe go to the beach with their family and not have to hustle home. You know, this will give them a fair opportunity to, to have some time off. The reality is NBC didn't have a platform for us to play on. Obviously, the Olympic coverage is going to get every single channel that they've got. Right. Um, so so there wasn't a choice here, but I am spot off on it. I, I think our off weeks are never really planned as well as I wish they would be. Easter makes a lot of sense, but I always want to see an off week between our season, regular season finale and the start of our playoff. I want to give us a chance to, to have that weekend. You know, it's, it's kind of wild card weekend in the NFL, right? And, and some teams do go out there and play, but they're not your A teams, right? They're the guys that are trying to buy their way in. So I would love to, to see us have an off weekend to promote the playoff starting, to give our teams, like TJ just said, a break. And, man, as a fan of a sport, you know, I love I love college football, man, and, and when the Gamecocks have an off weekend, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. If they have back-to-back off weekends, I'd throw up. So that's a, that's a, that we've never had a break like that in, in my 20 years of being here. It's, it's going to be no, I've never had it's gonna be weird, man. Are our fans going to starve and can't wait for us to come back? Are we going to lose some interest? Like, I, I don't know how this plays uh, out. It could be refreshing. I feel like, you know, we have the longest season of any sport, so it'll give, A, people time to maybe – Sponsors can come up with some content during that time frame or announcements maybe for 2020. See, we, this is this is unique. This is different because Brett, I've worked in the shop on the cars and right. been. I've worked on the road crew and, and for a handful of years I did that. And um, you know, I would leave the garage area to, working on the car to go to the roof to spot. And you're on the marketing side of it, so you see the other side of yeah. it. I'm looking at it of a. I'm looking at it. You know, I also worked in the shop too, so I was. You know that that's a tough. It's tough. I mean, it, it's hard on you and your family. Hands down. Hands down. Two weeks is a long time, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, TJ, I'll tell you, for me, man, off weekends sometimes almost screw me up because we're in this we're in this traveling rut. Yeah. Like, we, we pack, we leave Thursday, we come home Sunday, yada, yada, yada. And then, boom, you get off weekend, and you're like, oh, man, I'm yeah. kinda, I kind of don't know what like to do. Like, I've already taken my dirty clothes out of my bag, put them in the washing machine. I've charged my radios. They're already in the charger. So you just get in a, a routine, and you do – it does throw you off a little bit when you get – 
you know, an off weekend. Yeah. I'm sure your kids will appreciate it. True. Uh, I guess we'll head into our regular spot off, spot off. Will yours? Spot, spot off, spot <laughs> off. Will yours, yours appreciate What it? is up? My kids? <laughs> I don't believe I'll have April Fool's. Dad, just kidding. Congratulations, Casey. Yeah. Really happy for you. Don't worry, guys. We are Whenever really I happy decide for to it. have kids, I will make sure the announcement is on DBC. And they're Not. never going to know your maiden name. Nope. Hames is going to be forever gone. Your what kids are going to be like, Mom, what, who's this Hames guy we call Grandpa? I know my mom's maiden So you don't want a boy or a girl? Ooh. I would like a boy. Chad wants a girl because he does not want her to race. He says that now. Let's be real. Let's kick it. Uh, spot on, spot off. First topic. Uh First cup qualifying session with <laughs> don't clog the middle rule on Friday. Let's go with you, Brett. 30 seconds, too. <laughs> Wrong segment. Spot off. Still keep Still. it. Man, we had tweaks made to our qualifying procedure, and the tweaks said we would have a staging area, and we all knew where the staging areas were. And then the tweaks said when you leave the staging area, you must go. And the tweaks also said when you do go, you can't clog the middle. And you can't decelerate. Like, there's all these rules out there. And then we all get staged. And then NASCAR says, ah, the six is kind of not in the staged area. He can move. So they change their own rule on the fly. So the six decides he's going to move. Then when he decides to move, he decides to completely block the middle. So now he's broken two of their rules. And what do they do about it? Nothing. They didn't. They let him keep his time, let him go on to the second round. All the while, we ended up 25th, and we were the first car bumped out. And it is once again an embarrassment to the sport. Here's the people I feel worst about. I don't feel bad for Clint. I don't feel bad for me, even though I lost my mind when this happened. I feel bad for the crew guys who flew out at 3.30 on Thursday afternoon and who got to the garage at 7 a.m. and worked all freaking day for us to go out and be able to qualify and us to have rules which we were going to qualify by, and then NASCAR didn't follow. That's who I feel bad for is those guys because they put in – TJ's just talking about guys in the shop. They put in way more work than Clint and I did that day. Clint and I worked for two hours. He worked for an hour practice. We worked for a seven-minute, you know, qualifying session. Those guys worked all day. And then they worked after that, too. So it's just a real shame that all that work goes in for rules not to be enforced. Spot off. Uh, I, 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 like the, uh, I like the group qualifying session still. I think it's entertaining. Uh, it's, it's different. I think the six, there's going to be some situations. They were hollering at the six the whole time, and Clint was actually able to get around the six. I'm not sure. Was Clint trying to go there, or was he trying yes, to he get back? he was trying to go. He was trying to go? Mm-hmm. So Could, Couldn't go. We were, st- we were stuck. He got around him still. He wasn't blocked in. He it took uh, him TJ, about, we were at a dead stop. That's blocked in. You stopped for about five seconds. That's blocked in. That's stop. Stopping is blocking. Yeah, but you had a clear path in front of you still. You went around him. He didn't move. We, we we eventually got around him after he backed up, and then he got in the hole. No, nah, he never moved again. He never moved again. He Clint, It was really tight. I didn't think Clint could make it through. Um, they literally stopped the session for Chase Elliott. Not They didn't stop the session, but they made Chase right. Elliott. He was parked kind of crooked. They made him straighten up how yeah, he was Yeah, well, they, they're hollering at the six, and that, that spot really wasn't big enough for the six to get in legitimately. So, I, you know, if you do that and you you do hinder some guys, like Clint had enough room, but it shouldn't have been that tight. You know, the six tried to get into a spot that – kind of wasn't really there and he couldn't get in it square so therefore you probably shouldn't have went in there you should have been forced to go and keep on rolling um, which was the rule yeah but, but i mean you know i don't i don't know if that i don't, I don't know if that affected your your result or whatever because we were all still sitting there as well and and um you know but still it's gonna 
I don't know what the answer to all the group qualifying stuff is. Even if you're all out of your stall, we're still going to have all the same stuff. You're still going to have the same congestion type deal at the end of pit road. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I think it's interesting. Do we haven't got a poll out of it yet? We've missed it. I've missed it by a second at Texas for the final round for two laps. But you know what? We tried, and it was exciting, and that's it is what it is. Hardcore fans tune in to watch qualifying. Hardcore fans listen to this podcast. We don't have. We're never gonna do a qualifying format that is gonna erupt our sport into this bigger thing than it already is. Nobody like that. That's not what qualifying does. You know, when people go to watch Chad race, you know, sprint cars or whatever he's racing in any given night, some people choose not to go in for qualifying even though they have a ticket. They're there for the race. Our fans are still here for the race. And once again, we're, we're worried about, like I saw Jamie Little tweet that uh, you guys be careful what you ask for. Single car qualifying isn't entertaining. Dale Jr. says, I respectfully disagree with you on his, on his reply to her tweet. Like, single car qualifying used to be amazing. But they've slowed our cars down on the straightaway. They've sped our cars up in the corner. So now when a guy goes out there, it's going to look like a slot car if we do single car qualifying. But when we go to Bristol, there's nothing better than single car qualifying. You get to hear when that guy's in the gas. You hear when he's off the gas. Like, it's awesome. If we did that Saturday at Bristol or Friday at Bristol, it would be better than group qualifying for me. You know, I don't care if I have to be on the roof or not. I'm already at the racetrack either way. That's not my point. It's, It's people who say single car qualifying and entertaining. They don't understand racing. I like single car qualifying. I, you, you just know, said you like group qualifying. I like I like single car as far as like the driver. I like the driver versus the machine deal. But as far as mile and a half stuff, I, you know, I don't I don't think we sing, I don't think we group qualify at Talladega and Daytona. But I, I enjoy the I enjoy the group qualifying as well. But I've also enjoyed the single car like Bristol. I want to I want to see. I don't want to group qualify there either. I want to I want to be able to watch a guy. I want a guy the pressure to be on him to go out there and run these laps and earn the pole. So if you're in charge of, of, of NASCAR, what are you going to do for qualifying? What do you do to make it fair for everybody? I think you either go one way or the other. You group it the whole time except for Daytona and Talladega, or you single car the whole time. You've got, you go one way or the other, whatever. I mean, it, you pick one and stick this with it. This format is not working. Will they ever do heat races? I wish they would. I'd rather do heat races than this dumb <laughs> we're doing on, on Fridays. We look like a bunch of clowns. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with lining up and doing – you know, two, three short horse, uh, heat races as well. So I think I mean, that'd be fun, honestly. I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't mind those. You know, there's there's 10 teams that are going to say we can't afford a heat race. Well, then don't. Start in the back. You're going to start in the back anyway. You're going to qualify in the back. So don't heat race. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Jimmy Johnson scores first top five in 23 races. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Uh, spot on. Those cars seem to have a little more speed this weekend, so they're they're in the right direction. I think, um, you know, good for them, good for Jimmy. You know, uh, I sure hope he doesn't get back to the old Jimmy. So, spot off for that. <laughs> I can't believe that he hadn't had a top five in twenty three races. Yeah. Man, it makes me look smart for last week saying he was your dark horse. Like pick Jimmy Johnson. He sits on the pole. He gets a top five. I mean, you, you hear the name Jimmy Johnson. There's no way you think Dark Horse. But he hadn't had a top five in 23 races. I didn't know it had been that long. Spot on for uh, for Jimmy being back up there, man. He was racing aggressively yesterday. I think he and Joey had a small run-in getting into one, or maybe Joey had a run-in with Jimmy getting into one. Uh, but, man, it's cool to see. I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's cool to see, in my mind, one of the greatest stock car drivers of all time, if not the greatest, back, back running competitively. And I'm a big Kevin Meandering fan, and I'm glad to see that those two are gelling. 
Harvick's comments on Hendrick Motorsports. Jason, you want to read it? Yep. So these were comments Kevin made on his radio show. Then Larry Mack reiterated on Fox this week. He said uh, when HMS lost Jeff Gordon, HMS lost the person that puts pressure on them to improve and the person that said we can't go through a long waiting game to get better. And they haven't brought in fresh blood from outside the organization in a while. I don't know. I mean, I need to be more involved in that stuff, I guess. I'm not really sure. I, I, I can't speak for Hendrick Motorsports. I can tell you when Kevin Harvick is not happy at Stuart Haas Racing, things change quickly. Right. You know, Clint Boyer can go in there and do back handsprings and back tucks and jump up and down and do jumping jacks. And, and they kind of look at him like, uh, okay. If Kevin Harvick comes in there and puts his foot down, things happen quickly. So um, maybe Jeff Gordon was that guy. Maybe maybe Kevin knows that for a fact. Maybe um, Larry Mack knows that for a fact. I don't know that for a fact. You know, my whole thing with, with Hendrick Motorsports was when they left that, uh, you know, when Dale Jr. retires, when Casey Kane, you know, gets gets let go, uh, when Jeff Gordon retires, now you got Jimmy Johnson and three other guys. And at the time, Jimmy was the only guy that had ever won a cup race. So you had Alex Bowman, zero wins. Chase Elliott, zero wins. Now William Byron, zero wins. Obviously, Chase has gone on to win races since then. But, man, you uh, you had a lot of winners around you, and then you only had Jimmy. And and maybe Jimmy needed better teammates than we thought he needed. You know, maybe he needed, uh, needed guys like Jeff Gordon and Dale Jr. around him. I don't know. All right. Well, as we take a break, enjoy today's best of DBC moment from episode 30, the sights on TJ's drive into Bristol. I, so I saw a few interesting things on the way up. We're getting close to Bristol, and we're, you know, 10 minutes from the racetrack, and I'm looking at houses and stuff and riding along, and I see an elliptical machine and a treadmill in the front yard What of did you house. say, Olympical? Elliptical. <laughs> An elliptical. Is that how you train for the Olympics? An elliptical? Something like that. <laughs> so they're in the front yard of this house. Pick them up. No, I think they were actually stationed there for use. That's, that's their gym. <laughs> their gym was that the was front their front yard? Yeah, that was like the uh, total gym. I mean, I would have... <clears throat> could you imagine driving by and seeing somebody running on a treadmill in their front yard? <laughs> That'd be amazing. I would laugh my ass off. Like, literally. I'd probably wreck. <laughs> yeah. So that, that started off my weekend. That's a true story. It wasn't very far from the track either. I looked over off to the right, and there was literally a treadmill and an elliptical, an elliptical machine. <laughs> I an still elliptical. can't say it an two elli- years later. I just said it right, and then I changed it to the wrong one. <laughs> elliptical. Sorry, I can't hear after the surgery. Apparently not. <laughs> oh um, yeah, so you can see a lot of interesting things. Bristol, I'm not going to lie, Bristol has some of the biggest and nice houses if you go one direction out of the racetrack as well. Yeah. Like on ridic- that river? Yeah. Some like mansions. ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. On that dry river? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doesn't exist. That is also like, like 30, 40 feet lower than what it's ever been, too. So well, maybe I guess it's a dam busted, right? I don't know. Is that what Could happened? Could you imagine buying, that, buying a house there <laughs> on this river and you got a boat and all of a sudden the river's dry? It is. Well. Yeah. I mean, you got a dock boat. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's low. So I'm not sure what the reasoning for it is, but... Bristol never fails to disappoint. Sometimes it's 80 degrees. Sometimes it's 30 degrees. And, and snowing. sometimes it's raining. Last year, it literally st- it sleeted in our face. Yeah. yeah. The whole race. Yes. yes. And about, I wish I had on ski goggles. What, the, what was the year that it rained where all the guys were or, uh, snowed? Where I know it rains like every year, but yeah. when did it snow where they were throwing snowballs on pit roads and stuff? Yeah, that's been a while. It's, it's been a while. Six. Gosh, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago. But, I know, but it's been a while. Yeah. But last year, it sleeted in our face for hours 
Yeah. We had sunglasses on because we couldn't yeah, see. Yeah, I, I actually had my sunglasses on. It wasn't sunny, but you had them on so you could see. Yeah. It's going to be 70s oh, and last all year, weekend, so you're good. Last year was the praying mantis attack. Yeah. Oh, I now, that was. That. Yeah. I've never <sighs> laughed so hard during a race. I've never laughed so hard during a race than, than Mike Herman cussing out a praying mantis that was that was literally attacking him and i i think i stopped spotting for two or three laps looking at the track because i was watching this praying man it was making circles around him and coming back and getting him and he, he was swinging at it there was all sorts were you there i was there yeah i stand oh, up beside my gosh yeah. you could hear him over the cars and the headset you could hear him yelling at the thing like you could hear him somehow and uh yeah it was funny well, I will say, if you're looking for a dog, you guys should both go to the... There's a breeder right next to the track. That's where I got my dog, and I brought her home. Susan. 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 Aww. Susie. So, you know, if your kids want a dog. Just change her last name, too. <laughs> Susie Boat. Susan is now a boat, yes. <laughs> nice. Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week, some great conversation with the president. Not that president. NASCAR's president, Steve Phelps, joins us. It's a must-listen. Plus, catch us on TV Tuesday, 5 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcasts. Dale Jr. Download. And we are back. We'll head into fast lane. I'll give these guys three topics pertaining to racing and one that is off the wall. They'll have 30 seconds to respond to each. First question, was Texas the best race of the season under the new rules package? Brett. Texas was the most entertaining downforce track that we've been to so far this year, and I credit that to the cooler temperatures. I think if it had been hot, we would have seen a duplicate of what we saw at, at – uh, you know, Vegas and the other places that we've been. It, it, For whatever reason, we did run closer together yesterday, and drafts did play a little bit bigger role, bigger deal in, in, in the race, but I still feel like it was the cooler temps. I think it was definitely the best race under the new rules package because of the narrow, uh, the narrow racetrack. Um, you know, you get to Vegas and California where seven lanes wide and you're all over the racetrack. Uh your draft started off a of turn two at Texas, and it carried all the way to the front stretch. And if you could time it right or get the right run, you can make a move on a guy. So uh, we're wide open through three and four, a little bit lifting in one and two a little bit. But your run, the draft started off a of two, and there's not a lot of room to, you know, I saw Chase swerving on the back stretch trying to break the draft when he was leading. So um, I think the narrow track helped a lot. It still seems like the leader is uh, is going to be the leader. I He's think tough T- to beat. TJ was making a pass for the lead yesterday, but beyond that, I don't recall any passes for the lead. Clint made all his moves in one and two. That's where we'd roll that high side and kind of drive around those guys. We weren't right open in three and four. I wish we would have been. Maybe we wouldn't have finished second and we would have caught Denny. We tried. Darrell Waltrip is rumored to be retiring from the Fox booth after this season. If you could replace him with any former driver that hasn't been a broadcaster before, who would it be and why? DJ. Oh man. Um, you know, I, I, I like how I like how guys like Kevin Harvick calls races. I know he's done some Xfinity stuff. Yeah. But I like guys that are that are fresh out of the you know, not that he's out or anything, but <clears throat> I like guys with a fresh perspective that are driven the cars recently, that know what know what guys are doing, that have raced some of these guys and actually know 
a little bit about what their driving traits are and stuff. And they like these guys know what these guys are thinking in the car when they see certain moves they make. So um, somebody like Kevin Harvick is really – I think Brad's really good as well. Kevin and Brad, when they were in the broadcast booth together, that was probably the best broadcast I had heard in a while. It was yeah. awesome. Man, I, you know, obviously Daryl has been around – you know, a long time. You know, when I came into the sport, he was uh, at the end of his career. He was he was struggling to make make races, taking a lot of provisionals. And uh, man, I don't know if that changed his outlook on uh, kind of who he was. But for whatever reason, man, he's not been in the garage a lot. Like he says a lot of things on the air that are just disconnected from reality. And he says that he's talked to this guy and talked to that guy. Well, it must have been in his motorhome because I, I haven't seen him in the garage in a very 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 long time. And I think that's. The problem that people have with him is they know that he's saying things that aren't right. I, I saw that he was accused of, of saying something about Dale Jr. somewhere, and it was actually a, a, a line from a movie and not something that Dale Earnhardt had said about Dale Jr. My time hadn't started yet, Jason. I was okay. telling a story. Go. Um, to answer the question, you know, which says that, that we want a guy that hasn't been a broadcaster, um, man, I wish we would go back and, and literally every single weekend – bring in a new guy like i'd love to see rick mass come to a race i'd love to see ricky rudd come to a race i'd love to see harry gant come to a race like it would be cool to to bring in those old timers and just add a little bit of perspective because those guys are still watching on tv they're probably as knowledgeable about the sport as 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 they could be i mean you know tj just said the guy just got out of the car well that's awesome but this new package the guy that got out of a car last year jamie mcmurray he has no idea what these cars are doing now you know it's crazy I love the V8 Supercar announcers. You ever heard them? No. They are highly entertaining. Um, I think one's a former V8 Supercar driver, and the other one's just a broadcaster. Um, but they are – I wish we could bring them over here and, and do a couple of races. Just, just – I would bring them just for different terminology things, just so they call things a little bit differently. And they're going to get excited in certain situations, you know. Like, that's what I like. Yeah, that's what I want. I want that excitement. These guys, these guys are, are fun to listen to. Brad Kozlowski said this year's higher downforce and faster speeds will turn Bristol into the world of outlaws for 500 laps. Do you think Sunday's race will play out like this? Brett? I don't know what it's going to play out like. You know, Bristol, as TJ just alluded to, to racetracks that have a lot of grooves. No, Nowhere has more grooves than Bristol in terms of short track world. So it's going to be curious to see with, with the package if the bottom – becomes a little bit more uh, relevant than it has been the last few years. I mean, we've been running up against the wall, and that's where all the speed has been. So Brad's obviously in these cars. He knows how they drive. Um, I don't know if it plays out like the world of outlaws for 500 laps. Um, You know, watching Martinsville, I thought the corner speeds were up at Martinsville. I thought the cars were moving pretty good through the corners there. I expect the same at Bristol. So, uh, I, I, you know, I tend to agree with Brad on this a little bit. You're going to be – you're going to be fast. This place is going to be quick. So, And it's already super fast already. You could be looking in turn two and there's a wreck out of three and you're going to be there in a few seconds. You better you better see it. So uh, that's just going to shorten all that time frame up. And um, it's going to be tough. I thought World of Outlaws ran on dirt. They do. Okay. They but did actually run Bristol one time on yeah. dirt. Yeah. I think they obviously he's referring to what TJ said, but yes, they do run on dirt. Okay, well, we're definitely not running on dirt. Um, we're going slower on the straightaway than we've ever gone, and we're going faster in the corner than we've ever gone. So I, I don't have know. a question: What is it? Why do we have to spray the track? I don't get it. 
Why? I don't Why can't it. we just race the track, and if you're fast on the bottom, you're fast? If I'm going to put something out there, it's not going to add grip. I'm going to put baby powder out there and make it take grip away. <laughs> like, I'm going like, to do something. I'll put Vaseline out there. Like, like Bristol used to be, you know, I, I miss Bristol when you had to get your car working good on the bottom, and a lot of these short track guys were really good at that. But you know what happened when, when uh, you know, Clint got to a guy that he was a little bit better than? He made it exciting, you know, and he made it interesting. Um, I, I miss that. So I, I wish we could go there just one time without just let's just run Bristol. SMI is the one that, that's big on all this this stuff, right? I'm in Texas. They put stuff down. Yeah, and I thought Texas was actually very well prepared this last race. I thought it was, you know, you didn't see as many guys, and I know that there's a lot more down for us about putting stuff down and then turn around and say you like stuff down. I'm just saying I thought Texas was well prepared this time. And Br- I don't think Bristol needs it, in my opinion. I don't think it needs it. So you think Kentucky does a good job putting that stuff down and working the bottom groove in? Clearly no. not. <laughs> I would love to 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 go to this track and prep it one time. That'd be fun. Yeah. T- Kentucky I'm talking about. I'd like to do something to Kentucky, too. <laughs> <laughs> Off the wall question. Oh, man, this guy is making my me so proud to be from Florida. A Florida man faked his own robbery because he did not want to go show up for his shift at parties. What is the best excuse you've used to get out of doing something before? <laughs> TJ. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you've had some really good ones. Man, I'm not real good at making up excuses. I um, I called, I, I did, I did miss a class in college cause I was, so when I was in college, tattoos were illegal in the state of South Carolina <laughs> to get, you couldn't get a tattoo in the state of South Carolina. So North Carolina, you could. So we all left Columbia, drove to Charlotte and we got tattoos. Well, there's six of us and it took for freaking ever. I didn't have no idea it'd take that long to get a tattoo. Right. So, uh, I was going to miss a class. And if I miss this class again, he was going to lower me a letter grade. Because you got three absences. The fourth absence, they drop you a letter grade. So I called and I made up some crazy story, man, about a car wreck. And maybe I was in the hospital or people are like, that's bad karma. Well, I don't believe in karma. So uh, I, I, yeah, that's pretty bad. Looking back, I, yeah. Jason, do you have a good excuse? No, I was just thinking about missing school. and You tried to play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting down. I believe that one. I was like, I'm in the ER. They're like, all right, don't have to come to class. I hated going to class. Me yeah, me too. It's boring. Yeah. Same. I don't do well with boring. We know. I didn't like class either. But, I mean, you know, man, look, this guy works at Hardy's. He didn't want to go in for a shift. He faked a robbery. I hope it just a shame he wasn't in Chicago because in Chicago you can fake a crime, get arrested for it, and then they just act like none of it happened and they just wipe the whole thing clean. And then the FBI rolls in and they run this investigation into your government to see if you guys are corrupt. Like he was in the wrong state. He should have been in Illinois. Hmm. Ask TBC. First question. P. Schmitz, 1988, asks, either involving your driver or not, what's been the scariest accident you've been you've seen as a spotter in your career? TJ. Man, I've seen some scary ones in my time. You know, I think... Uh, I think uh, Michael McDowell's at Texas. I was when I saw that it was kind of like a, it, it was just scary, and it just kept going and going and going. Um, 
I think that time, I think Brad's wreck at California in, in the bush car back then was pretty was pretty scary too. Climbing up on the wall, his wreck at Atlanta, his wreck at Atlanta was pretty scary as well. Where you you were spotting that race, but yeah, um, there's been some scary ones, man. Austin Dillon in Daytona. That was definitely top three. Jeff Bodine at Daytona was yes was equally as bad, if not worse, than Austin's. You know, to TJ's point. Uh, yeah, man, there's a bunch of them. For Elliot, man, he uh, he flipped 13 times down a backstretch Talladega one time. That one actually wasn't scary for me. Watching it was scary for him being in the car. For me, you know, watching him was when he hit at Pocono and he hit head-on into the backstretch wall, which was a, a small guardrail backed by two miles of dirt. So it wasn't going to give any. And it threw the engine out of the car. Yeah. Um, how his eyeballs didn't pop. He pulled like 60 G's on that hit. How his eyeballs didn't pop out of his head. I guess his eyes were closed. Like that was the scariest wreck I've ever watched of my drivers be in. I was standing in turn three on the top of the hauler in New Hampshire when Kenny Irwin hit and I felt sick to my stomach and was obviously hoping he was okay. And and he wasn't, I saw the Steve Park wreck scared me to death. The Michael McDowell one, um, and it, uh, you know, you just never know. And and I think we've kind of, as a sport, become a little bit immune to it since 2001 as to how dangerous these guys' jobs yeah. are. But, you know, Kyle Busch has broke both legs in, in an accident. Brad Keselowski's been hurt. Denny broke his back. Like, severe injuries are still in place. But knock on wood, man, we've been uh, very fortunate to yeah. keep everybody here with us lately. Larson had a big wreck at Daytona as well. Yeah, man, he chunked a tire into the stands, chunked yeah, his, his motor into the motor fence. motor was laying down there by the fence, too. Yeah, he changed the uh, the way they do the, the gates there, man. And uh, mm-hmm. I just have to applaud everybody since 2001 for the changes that the tracks have made, that the cars have, have had made to them. Like, man, there was a lot of liability that wasn't really put on anybody back then. I mean, when Earnhardt's, uh, you know, had his seatbelt issue, man, NASCAR stepped right in and made seatbelt rules, and they made the closed-faced helmet rule. I mean, I'm looking right now at Dale Jr.'s two open-faced helmets, and we don't have that anymore. And uh, and it's because we got to protect our guys, man. we got to keep them safe. we got to keep them here. This question is from – Great question, guy. Thanks for taking us down morbid lane. <laughs> <laughs> this question is from, from Concussion A War 3 maybe. Uh, I've noticed a lot of drivers are short – does being short inside a car help like in horse racing or not? Brett? You know what? I didn't believe it did until we came out with a car tomorrow. And when we, when we came out with a car tomorrow, I saw the taller guys struggle. The the, the Dale Jarrett's, the Elliott Sadler's, the Michael Waltrip's, for whatever reason, even Dale Jr. Like when I look at statistics, it's when I kind of noticed that those guys, and maybe it was their organizations weren't up to speed on uh, what they needed to make that car go fast. And maybe it wasn't correlated to height at all. But for whatever reason, the center of gravity changed in those cars, and I felt like those taller guys were at a disadvantage. We do know for a fact that weight plays a big game in speed. So the lighter you are, the faster your car is to some degree going to be. You know, it, it's amplified at, at certain places, and TJ can probably speak to it better than I can being a former racer. Um, but But it's certainly not a disadvantage to be short, you know. I don't I don't think there's as, as much to it nowadays. You got you know Brad's fairly tall. Uh Joey's Yeah, Joey's tall. tall and um I think it matters more to on a smaller scale racing um especially especially when you get to smaller cars. I think it matters a lot more. Um I don't I don't think there's as much to it nowadays. These guys all sit almost the same exact position. Every driver is about the same. Back in the day, you could get the seats almost on the floor of the car, way down in the car, and they're they're 
their eye line, you could they, their helmets would be almost even with the top of the door or the bottom of the door. Now they're way up at the top of the door, and everyone almost sits the same. So I don't see it being, you know, any any different now, other than maybe trying to get out. But they've opened they've opened up the windows, the side windows and stuff now as well. So it's you know these guys can get out pretty easily and stuff. This last question is from I'm Coach Black. Uh, he asks. Favorite barbecue, Texas, KC, Carolina, or something else? I got to go with Texas. I'm not a huge fan of Carolina barbecue is a lot different than than most places. It's all, uh, most of it is, um, what do they call it, uh, oil vinegar based? Vinegar, not oil. Okay, same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see. It's I, vinegar not, or ketchup or yeah. someplace mustard, but that's yeah. like eastern North Carolina. Yeah, I'm... I'm not a vinegar barbecue type guy. I'm not a wet barbecue guy. I like my barbecue with dry and dry rub. So, man, I'm a big fan of all of it, to be honest with you. Like, I don't have, like, this big... I do like Texas, Kansas City, yeah. Like, man, I've been to some cool uh, places in Kansas City, man. That uh, place where Elvis used to fly into. Uh, what's the name of it? He'd literally get on his plane in Memphis and fly to Texas. I'd fly to freaking Kansas City. I can't Memphis talk. Memphis has good barbecue. Memphis has good barbecue. But, man, the king used to fly in. I can't remember. Was it Bryant's or something? Anyway, all these Kansas people are listening. They know the name of it. I've been there, man. It's this underground wood thing going on, mm-hmm. man. They smoke some stuff. I like, But I don't like it all wet. I like Oklahoma Joe's in Kansas. Yeah. Oklahoma hey, Joe's, Jack Stack. Ooh, it's all. Yeah. They're all good. Beef burn-ins, that's where it's at. Burn-ins are good. So good. I make them on my Traeger. Why don't you bring any in? We need to get Traeger to sponsor a show. We should, Where's our swear jar? Because I feel like we could have made some money today. They gave me some cards where you get 30% off a Traeger grill. Like, we need to do a special DBC code with my buddy, Scott Crawford. You know, between Traeger and iRacing... I could probably get some iRacing credits for some some win. You we know, need to figure too. out. We need to get them a sponsor, man. We'll we'll uh we'll sell some stuff. Yeah, Traeger's good too. I love my Traeger grill. Yeah, we can grill some stuff up in the corner of the studio. Chicken wings. Yeah, I'm not really sure we can smoke stuff in here, Jason. Chicken wings. <laughs> I mean, you if can you, smoke if stuff. If you work at t- Traeger uh, or iRacing, <laughs> give us a call. Yeah. If, well, uh, I mean, Scott Crawford at Traeger, that he has a he's a, a distributor for them. He's a really good guy to know. If you've never had chicken wings off a Traeger grill and you're a chicken wing guy or girl or lady who drops her maiden name, then you should come to my house and let me cook you some wings. Do you smoke them? I'll do them wet or I'll do them dry. You pick. (laughs) Do you smoke them for 10 minutes first or you just put them on a heat? Man, I put them on at 225 for like 45 minutes. Get them just fall off the bone tender. Then I crank the heat up to crispy them up and then I flip them right there at the end. What do you turn your heat up to? 375. For how long? Well, like, I want the inside to, so at 160, your chicken wing's done. But, man, for mine, I want to get them to, like, 190 because you can't really Crispy. burn anything on that trailer. No, yeah. No, you can't because the flames don't hit the. That's indirect heat. Yeah. Yeah. I love barbecuing. The only thing hard about the Traeger is is using it when it's really cold outside. Yeah. It's hard for it to stay warm. But yeah. you can get thermal blankets and stuff for them. Yeah. It's hard. It's smoky. Yeah. It's wet. It's dry. It's dry. All. Real greats, they got it all. Do all the elements. <laughs> <laughs> DBC picks for Bristol. It's all tied up. Damn, man, that's my guy. Kyle Bush hit the wall last week. And he did. TJ still won. When <laughs> if Kyle he hit, lost with Kyle, that'd be bad. When Kyle hit the wall, I was like, TJ's gonna lose. That's what I thought. I was like, uh, uh, man, dang. really? I'm gonna go uh, a little conservative this week. I'm gonna go with my buddy, 
Ricky Stenhouse. Ah, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> this is by far his best track. Fine. Um, I'm going to save him for Daytona. So I'll go with, uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. It's a good pick. Ryan's Better. been fast there. He was leading race there last year and got caught up in a melee that happened in front of him. He was fast yesterday when he got the lead, man. Yeah. They were running some crazy lap times with like 30 laps on their toe. I don't think we took left side tires for the last 100 laps. We just rode around out yeah. there hauling the mail. No yeah. tires. Fantasy tips. Best driver at this track. Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch, and Kurt, more Kyle Kurt, Busch. Kurt's pretty good there. Did Jason pay you to say that? No. I'm so glad he left. You know, it's funny, Jason, you, you left Kyle off the show sheet this week. Oh, he He's did never purposely. making it again this whole season. <laughs> Doesn't no matter. Kyle Busch. The um, damage is done. There's so many people that are good there. You know, Clint's good there. Kevin Harvick is good there. Kyle Larson is good there. Um, Matt Kenseth used to be the man there. Remember Matt that? That was good, yeah. Matt uh, was really good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, those are your obvious guys. Man, here's the thing, though. Like, Denny Hamlin's on fire. Guys won two races. He'll be faster. Do you think um, Do you think somebody whispered in his ear, TJ, hey, this Christopher Bell kid's coming to cup, and you better get it going? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking with somebody about that this weekend. Like, something's going to break. Something's got to break over there. Like, something's got to give. What gives? I don't know. Does a second car start up a teammate to the 95? I don't know. What have you guys heard? Well, I haven't heard anything, but I mean, mathematically, Joe Gibbs <laughs> racing is full. Yeah, it right? is. Full. So if Christopher Bell is coming, and he's the real deal, and look, he is a real deal. He's he's a very talented individual, and he's ready for Cup. He's Cup ready. So where's he going? You know, if if I see that '95 car riding around at their 25th, and I'm Christopher Bell, I don't want to get in that. Yeah. So, also, do you, um, as an owner, you know, Denny's obviously very accomplished and two Daytona 500s, numerous championship runs. Um, you know what? Obviously, you say you do you take the younger path. If I'm Eric Jones, I'm not sleeping well at night. Look at this, man. They they fired yeah. Joey Logano. They fired him. They said, "See you later." They let they let Carl Edwards retire. They let Matt Kenseth go. They they yeah. let, they've let a bunch of really good drivers leave their stable on their clock. Hey, get out of here. See ya. So. If I'm if I'm Eric Jones, I'm not sleeping well at night. Not with what Christopher Bell's got going on. I think it also it just comes down to a money thing too, you know. And Den- contract. And, I mean, and Denny you know. Denny's obviously probably one of the higher paid drivers. As but well, he's also so. got the biggest sponsor right now in the series, yeah. probably. And he's got trophies too. So he ain't going anywhere, man. Like yeah. he might have been before this year. Like he might have been. You know, I mean, we heard whispers. Oh, Denny's gone. Denny's gone. Let me tell you something. Denny Hamlin won a Daytona 500. Denny Hamlin just won this weekend. He ain't going anywhere. You think he's going somewhere? It'd be hard. I mean, how, he ain't going it'd be hard. If I marry Jones, I'm I'm like, uh oh, I better get rolling here. Yeah, but which I honestly, Eric did have a pretty successful second half of last year, and he was pretty competitive yesterday. I mean, he's got performance needs to be there. Matt Kenseth was fast too. <laughs> yeah, but he was. Anyway, <laughs> he gone. Uh, surprise driver. Anybody for this race? Yeah, I mean, we just talked about it. I think uh, I think Ricky's a. Uh, Kind of a surprise guy. Bubba Wallace, right? You know, Bubba, Bubba, I don't think Bubba would be as competitive this week. He was actually, you know, fairly competitive last week, I thought. You know, there was, so I, being. What was I, Bubba at Martinsville? Bubba had a good Martinsville. Yeah, he had a, like a 16th, 15th, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. also, we're running for the lucky dog because we had to work on our car. We're running for the lucky dog. And I'm sitting there looking, okay, 
We're in a lucky dog, so I I look for the next car that's going to get lap. And it wasn't. It was three quarters of a track in front of the leader still. So I was like, okay, we're in pretty good shape right here, unless somebody has an issue and you know it comes off pit road right in the right spot. They're not going to catch him, which I thought was pretty cool to know that like most of the field was on half the track at one time, which is and I saw the double zero was racing with people, which is that that's encouraging to me to be able to see these guys hang on and um and, and race with people. Matt more. Tiff drove by me on the start of the race. So I mean that's what I'm saying though. Where's you he got, going? <laughs> you got guys that are you know can make a little more happen now that they've got a little more opportunity. So um, don't you think this is Eric Jones' best track? Texas, Bristol. Oh, uh, he's pretty good at Texas too, though. Yeah, I <laughs> um, feel like Bristol's his best track. You know, last year when it, when the summer came around and it got really hot and slick, Eric really did good. And I thought that's where he would fall off is when the big tracks got hot and slick, he would fall off. But he's found um, he found a lot of speed and he top five a lot last year, the second half of the year when it was hot and slick. So, um, but Eric Eric has a short track background. He comes from obviously got his opportunity from beating Kyle at short tracks, so I don't think I think Eric will be very competitive. Don't here. you think Ryan Priest is this is his first shot to really do well? You know I think this is Ryan Priest. I've been picking Ryan Priest as a sleeper almost every week. Um, and this is another one I feel like if he just grasps grasps this car and this the grip at this track and um, he could be competitive. He and Chris Busher are, are, are both short track guys. I think they'll find out where their program's at this weekend. It's hard, yeah. man. It's hard for these teams to go to these mile and a half, these downforce tracks. He had a good know. Martinsville. He did. Both of them did. I'm so. Surprised at how well Priest did at Martinsville. But AJ was also pretty good in Martinsville as well. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe that can carry over a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, producer Jason's movie review. Oh, Urban yeah. Cowboy. Yeah. It was good. I watched the 1980 film where Bud ventures into the big city and – finds an electric nightlife scene he meets and marries sissy and they both become so infatuated with riding the mechanical bull that strains their relationship it was good it was definitely lots of great music and the honky tonks looked fun i wonder if that's all what texas is like because it'd be cool to visit and favorite scene was when they were a bud was driving down the road and he sees sissy hooking up a tow to a car honks and then they flip each other off and that was pretty funny jason here's the key to that movie (laughs) That was real country yeah. music that you heard. It was good. Like, I don't know. There's certain country music that I'm not a big fan of. Like, I don't really like Garth Brooks and that kind of style. <gasps> I'm so sorry. But that, like, people that, are going to give you death oh threats. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I oh said this gosh. last year. I'm offended. I'm so sorry. But sitting, like, in, sitting in your cow bush underwear hating on Garth Brooks. Oh, <laughs> boy, you're in trouble. But yeah. I feel like the kind of music in the film was not that kind of style. It was. He's he's got a different style, and I like the newer stuff, and I like that older like kind of dancing. Music Did you hear Blake's feel. new song? Yeah, I actually downloaded this week. That's really good. He was at the race. Yeah, he was. I uh, I told him I, was, I texted him when I heard it. I was like, man, I'm proud of you. This is like a modern day outlaw country sound coming out of the gate, and then it's hard for Blake, man. Like Blake's uh, got a great voice, and that's a hard song for him. You know, <laughs> oh, red. <laughs> yeah. What's your uh, what's the next challenge here? Next movie. Have you ever rode a mechanical bull? No. Well, he probably won't be now. <laughs> you know when it's my favorite mechanical bulls is when girls get on them backwards. Is that why is that your favorite? I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever rode a mechanical bull a mechanical bull backwards? <laughs> Not backwards, no. Have you rode one forward? Yes. Did were you by yourself when you got on there? Yes. You were? Have yes. you ever ridden with somebody else? Uh I don't think so. No. 
I'm sorry. We could hit, go Anyways. to the Whiskey River at the <laughs> speedway. Yeah. Uh, what's what's We've recorded year? a show there before. Yeah. This can be that. done if you're going to ride the bull. This room's big enough to put a mechanical bull in here. Yeah. Instead of this so, big-ass table. So if we go to the Whiskey River and record a show, are you riding the bull? Oh, Both know. of you. You and Jason Give both riding the bull. Give me six months to get recovery. Who can ride the bull better, <laughs> you or Jason? I don't know. I don't I've got Casey. I've got Casey what? as well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> she just said... <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have to have surgery for sitting down, so. Hey. And that injury should not affect your bull riding, Jason. Well, if it, I can't twist my knee for like six months or it's going to. That's fine. We got October. Is that October yet? Yeah, that'll be. No, that'll be Rover Weekend. I'll be good by then. All right. Oh, Rover oh, Weekend. Oh, the Rover Weekend. Record at Whiskey River. Bull riding contest. I don't know why any guy would want to get on a mechanical bull in a bar unless he's actually right a now. bull rider. Do not ruin this. All right. What's the Do next not movie? ruin this. What's the next movie here? What are we doing? Bob picked uh, it last week for Jason. Yeah, what? what Bob Pockrass. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry. I don't Bob. remember what, what it was. movie did he pick. Yeah, Jason. I don't remember either. <laughs> Y'all go back and listen. Right, I'll go listen. Your, that it. was your movie assignment. Okay. Right, well, I've never, it. I've never watched. I don't think the one that he said. I don't think I have either. So I'm not sure. So I have fun watching that one. Oh, yeah. it was a. Uh, no, I can't remember the name. I don't know. All right. I really don't know. Well, what's a good Tennessee movie? Is there any good Tennessee movies? Memphis, Nashville, anything about that? Mr. Wynn. Yeah, you need to watch an Elvis <laughs> movie, man. Ooh. Who's Elvis? Returns and... I love Elvis. Y'all like Elvis? Jason, yeah. you like Elvis? I haven't yeah. really heard much Dude, of Elvis. You suck. You're movie, you need to go to music school <laughs> instead of movie school. There's nothing wrong with How Elvis. do you not know Elvis? I know like I know who he is. Sing a song. No, I have no Sing songs. Sing any song. <laughs> any song. None come to mind. Oh, Dude, my gosh. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Yeah, there's like, I a get lot. That, like, I would how do you not know? How, do, how does Elvis lyrics not pop into your head when you hear the name Elvis? This bull. guy only had one name. Yeah, I get it, but I just don't recognize most of the music. Dude. He's in college. Leave him alone. Doesn't matter. Dad. I doubt a majority of the college students would. They would know who Elvis is, but they probably I mean, I have to, to listen off to, the top of their head. I mean, I have to listen to modern day stuff. I love old stuff. Like you got to stay in tune. Oh, All right. Jason, well, right. thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Be sure thanks, to uh, uh, like, share, review, review. If there's any negative comments, make sure they're only about Brett and TJ. This or, was a hard show to do coming off Pockerass last yeah, week. Yeah, because we, we killed it. We did, and it's going to be hard to beat, you know. But we can come up with some more guests. Yeah, TJ's, TJ's uh, he's got a yeah. guest assignment. How are we doing on that? Uh, I'll let you know tonight. All right. TJ's going to get us a big-time guest. Hey, Maybe. Monday after Bristol would be awesome. Just saying. Yeah, you mean next week? Yeah. Gotcha. Because he's probably going to run good there. Hopefully. Oh, you're, you're foreshadowing it's a driver. Yeah. It is a driver. Okay. The next guest is going to be a driver. Yep, Big has, time. has yep. his own podcast, records right around our time. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. April Fools. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Review everything. Have a great week. Yeah, have a great week. Bristol Come to week. Bristol, man. Yeah, yeah. it's Come to Bristol, Bristol baby. Say hi to Brett when you see him. I'll hug you. Probably. <laughs> Free hugs. Free hugs. Try rub hugs. <laughs> Holla. All right. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.